Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you in church today. I tell you what, if we dismiss right now, we've been to church, hadn't we? I tell you, it's been good. Hey, let's give Barbara Nelson, our school teacher that was over here, let's give her a big hand. Barbara and her team, uh, they did an incredible job. They, they did this uh, little skit at, at the, at, on Thursday night and Saturday night at the bridge and just absolutely so powerful, so powerful. Wednesday is Veterans Day, and so we want you to remember, uh, honor those that have paid the price so that we can enjoy the freedom, even the, the freedom that we're enjoying this morning, being here and assembling Today, we are so thankful. I tell you, we live in the greatest country in the world, and I am so very, very thankful for that. And uh, with that being said, I want to take just a moment as well to recognize anybody that is active duty or if you're retired, if you uh, work with our armed forces, if you're in the military or retired from the military, would you stand right now, right where you are? We want to recognize you. Thank you so, so very much. And isn't that such a truth that, that we saw here on this stage? I mean, we just need to be reminded uh, every now and then of the things that we take so, so for granted. You know, it is, it is, a, it is a privilege that we have uh, to live in this great country. And I'm just so, so thankful for the sacrifice of so many. Okay, I just wanted to mention that today. Thank you again, Barbara, for all that you've done. Um, I do also want to say, Jim Riso, it is so good to see you. I prayed for you last week, but I didn't recognize you. Just wave at everybody, brother. That man's not in the hospital anymore, and he is happy about that. And we are too, bro. Went in and had just tremendous complications, uh, respiratory complications, and God just has done a miracle. In the life of that man physically. And we are just so, so thankful that you're here today. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. We're going to jump right in. I've got about eight minutes. And I'm going to get it all in in eight minutes. Y'all were here last week and you believe that's a lie, don't you? Uh, We were talking about envy last week. And we were talking about uh, as it related to anger. You know, we're kind of keeping that same theme and we're looking at what, what envy does, how it kind of creeps into our lives and, and uh, how it makes a mess of, of our life and where we are with God. And we looked in Numbers chapter 12 and we took a glimpse at Miriam and Aaron and their response to their brother Moses and talked about, you know, the fact that, that envy is just so divisive and and uh, it's, it's actually wanting, uh, not just, you know, the ten commandment, Tenth Commandment says that we're not to covet our neighbor's house and we're not to, you know, we don't want to have donkey and oxen and all that stuff. And none of y'all dealt with that on the way to church here today. And we won't pick on Little Bit again. Um, but, uh, you know, because I got some Little Bit fan mail this week. No, I'm just kidding. But... Um, Little bit's that donkey that lives on the side of the highway in, in a fence, but he's on the side of the highway, you know. But um, 
But we talked about how the fact that envy is something that when it creeps into our lives, it, it causes us to want what somebody else has and we want them to not have it. And we, we did the whole deal on comparisons and I won't put my son through the story of the bikini again this week. Um, those of you who were here, uh, you might have heard the last telling of that because, you know, I, I, I don't want him to be upset with me. But, um, we, you know, envy is a very embarrassing sin because it is very petty. It is a very petty thing. We're looking at what somebody else has and comparing ourselves to them and saying, you know what? I, I have so little compared to them. And I, I deserve what they have. I deserve their life. And, and when Miriam started comparing her life to Moses, and, and really her envy was of spiritual giftedness. Her envy was of what God, the relationship God had with Moses versus the relationship he had with her. And she's like, and, and let's, let's look at that real briefly. For those of you who didn't uh, hear this passage last week. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses about his, his wife. They were talking about the in-law. But it really wasn't about the in-law. It was about what they didn't like about him and, and the authority that he had been given. And it, it said in verse 2, Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. In verse 3, this is a very important part of this passage. It says, Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. And so when God heard Moses and, or heard Aaron, Aaron and Miriam complaining, he called all three of them. He called them out and he said, I want to talk to you. And then when he got them where, they were gonna, where he was going to meet them at the tent of meeting, he said, All right, Miriam, Aaron, you need to come on over here. Because I got some things I need to say to you. And when they stepped forward, he said, uh, When a prophet of the Lord is among you, and Miriam was a prophetess uh, in, among her people. He says, When a prophet is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Now remember he said just in, previous pass, in a previous verse there that he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. So humility was a part of his exaltation. God did that because he was humble before him. He said, and he's faithful. Not only is he humble, alright, but here's another very important ingredient. He is faithful in all of his house. He said, I speak to you, Miriam, in dreams and in visions. Aaron, you are a high priest. I've given you great authority among your people. But this man is the most humble man on the face of the earth. And he is faithful in all of his house. He is faithful in everything he does. So with Moses, I speak face to face. And he said, this is, this is the relationship that I have. He said, I speak clearly, not in riddles. He sees the form of God. And then he asked the question, he said, Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses when you see that I have a relationship like him? But if you want to know why Moses had, has been gifted like he has, he has walked in humility and he has been faithful in all of his house. 
And if you look at your life this morning and you say, you know what, there are things that I'm chasing after. There are things that I want. That, the, the thing that God impressed on my heart during our prayer time this morning, that answer to that question you're looking for so desperately, can I tell you where it is found? It is found in humility and faithfulness to God. That's where the answer is found. If you walk humbly before Him, And you are faithful to him. You're in his word. And you're listening for the voice of God. He speaks all the time. It's just that we don't listen. We are so busy trying to get everything done that we feel like needs to be done. That we think is the most important. Or that we think is the best way to achieve that goal. And we don't hear his voice. Have you ever been guilty of doing that? I'm guilty of doing that. With, with my kids all the time. My, my oldest daughter asked me a question yesterday. I'm riding in the truck and yesterday was just like, you know, it's one of those days. So um, I'm riding in the truck and she asked me a question and I'm just, you remember I told you last week, my son Hunter, he's like a thinker, you know, you ask him a question and it takes him a while to answer you. Well, that's kind of what I did to her. She asked me a question and I'm just riding, you know, and she looks over and she's like, uh, Dad, <laughs> you know, are, are you there? And it's been so bad for them at times that my children even have uh, resorted to calling me Pastor Andy because I'll answer them <laughs> when they say, isn't that bad? We've been at people's houses before and they're like, Daddy, 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 Pastor Andy. And I'm like, yeah, what do you need? You know? <laughs> so... That's the key. If you ever have a hard time getting in touch with me, just walk outside and I'll holler, Pastor Andy, I'll be right there. But, um, but we're so busy that we miss. We miss God. We miss what He has for us. We miss what He's saying. We miss the treasure, the gift that is right before us. And that's what Miriam and Aaron had done. Instead of complaining about who he married, who Moses married, and instead of complaining about what spiritual gift they didn't have and authority they didn't have they should have looked and just and seen the blessing you know what a great question in that skit this morning what's earned you the right what's earned you the right to sit in that desk well here's an even greater question what's earned you the right to be What's earned us the right just to be here? Who paid that price? His name is Jesus. And we teach about Him and we preach about Him every day. And you ask the question, why do we do that week in and week out? Why is it so important? And why do we invest so much time and energy and finances into getting the Word of God out? Because He gave us He paid the price for us to be. Just to be. I mean, think about that. When you think about that, when you think about the fact that God is the giver of all things, He gave me life. When I I look at my life that way, do you know what everything else is? Do you know what the cars are and the home is and the bed and the food in the fridge and all the, the cable... The DVR, glory to God, hallelujah. (laughs) 
we canceled our satellite during the summer and I was so weak. When football season came, I said, I am so tired of not being able to rewind television. I got to get it back. But all that stuff, guys, all of that is gravy. It's all gravy. Man, that's all. Hey, thank you, God. Thank you for that added blessing. Thank you for what you've done. When we look at our life and understand that God paid the price just so we could be. But you know what we do? We walk around this planet called earth acting like everything we got we did ourselves. We're here because of me. I'm here because of what I did. Ain't nobody give me nothing. Hmm. When y'all start talking that way, you're not going to find me. Because <laughs> I don't want to be around when the happens to you. Or the greasy spot gets made on the highway. You know what I'm saying? We didn't, we didn't make ourselves. I did, we didn't create ourselves. And so we have to see... Who we are in light of what God did. And when we start recognizing that, then it makes it a lot easier to deal with the sin of envy. A lot easier. And all of us deal with it. And we mentioned this last week too, but guys, be on guard. This is a sin that doesn't just creep in and affect people that are new in their walk with God. It, look, these people have walked with God. They've been doing it for a long time. You know, you may be in, uh, working in the church world and say, you know, I've done this a long, long time. And uh, it's about time I get me a little some of that over there now. I get to do that thing or that thing, you know, and whatever, whatever it is. Get the big coffee cup at the coffee shop. I don't know what it is you want, but, but when we get to thinking bigger than we are, we get in trouble. And that brings us to our points. Why does this ignite such anger in God? Because God says in verse 9, he says the, it says the anger of the Lord burned against them and God, God left them. Why did it make God so angry? The first reason, and I told you this last week, is because it devalues our self-worth. It devalues our self-worth. We look at what God does and say, you know what, it just, that really didn't quite meet par. You didn't measure up there. And then the second reason that it ignites such anger with God is because it distances us from God. It says he left them when they sinned against them. They were not appropriately small. Aaron and Miriam were not appropriately small. And what do I mean by that? I mean they didn't understand they weren't God, you know. None none of those people are in this room today, but have you ever met people who you felt like, maybe I need to tell them they're not Jesus, you know? I mean, they might need to know that because they're walking around like they think they are. They're bossing people around and telling them to do this and do that. You know know that kind of person? But when we're not appropriately small, we don't show respect for the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. And if we really understood what that word meant, if we really got a good grasp of what that really meant, we would have so much more reverence for Him than we do. He is sovereign. He is almighty. 
You know, we, we talked a few weeks back, I think in one of my Wednesday night classes, that uh, the book of Isaiah says that God, he, he spoke and the stars were placed in existence. They were hung in the sky and he knows them by name. Not one of them goes missing. You ever looked up in the sky? Get out of town. Go camping sometime, all right? Can't see the stars in Starbucks, even though it says they're there. That's just coffee, okay? But get out and look up. And you'll get a glimpse of the sovereignty of Almighty God. Of who He is. And then, that will help you become appropriately small. When we understand how tiny we are. But here's the incredible thing, guys. God loves you so much. That not the stars, not the angels, not, the, not as any other part of His creation. But you were made in His image. And that is how valuable you are to God. Envy distances us from God. And then the third thing that envy does is it destroys community. It destroys community. You know, I, I have not been in, in a community where, not that I know of, where anybody got leprosy. But I have a feeling that that would kind of hinder community. You know what I'm saying? It's a horrible thing. And, you know, you, you have, they, they isolate you and all this kind of stuff has to go on. And so Miriam, when, when immediately she sinned, God said, Okay, the cloud's lifted. I'm done talking with you. There you go. You got too big for your britches. And that's what I think about it. You didn't do anything on your own. Everything you are and everything you have, I gave to you. So if you're not going to acknowledge it, and you're not going to appreciate it, maybe you'll enjoy this. And Aaron looked at, at Moses and he said, please Moses, please find it in your heart. Find a place in your heart to forgive what she has done. And Moses went to God and interceded. On Miriam's behalf. And seven days later she was completely healed from leprosy. And do you understand that that's what God does for you and I? That's what Jesus does. The Bible says in Romans 8 that he intercedes. He, sit, he is seated at the right hand of God. And he intercedes for you and I. Isn't that awesome? That nowhere in the Bible with every page you turn. Every page that we turn. Old and New Testament. You know who we find on every page? We find Jesus on every single page. Look at Noah's ark. Who do we find in Noah's ark? Jesus. Their salvation. Their shelter from the storm. In everything, on every page, we find Jesus. And we see Moses. We see Moses looking like him. And do you know that that's God's plan for you as well? Do you know the Bible says again in Romans 8. That he predestined you for the same thing. To look like him. 
to look like Jesus. He wants you to be conformed into his image, responding the way he would respond. Many of us, if we're honest, if we had been Moses, we would have looked at Aaron and said, "Uh uh-huh, see, that's what you get. Go on now and just do whatever you do with that, you know. And uh, suits you right. Shouldn't have, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have done what you did to me, but Moses didn't do that. He, he, was, he was compassionate and loving and tender to his sister. So let's look in the next five minutes at seven practical things that we can do to effectively deal with envy. What can we do to effectively deal with envy? And many of you are thinking, there's no way he's going to do that in five minutes, but I am. The first thing you have to do is call envy what it is. You have to call envy what it is. You know, when, uh, at the beginning of this anger series, do you remember one of the practical applications with anger? Is admitting it, right? We have to admit that we got a problem. And, and guys, if, you're, if you get mad three or four times a week, I mean really, really mad, slinging wrenches around the garage and, you know, ugh, just losing it and popping veins and stuff, you got an anger issue. If that's happening to you every week, multiple times a week, you got an anger problem. But it ain't going to get better until you admit you got it. And if every time you go home, when you get out of your car, you look across the street at the neighbor's house, at the bushes that are manicured nicely, and the car that's sitting in the driveway, and they ain't got no toys in their yard, and I got a bunch of them, you know. You look at all that, and you're like, boy, hmm. Well, then we'll have me some of that right there. You got an envy problem. And you need to admit it. And you need to let God help you deal with it. The second thing you have to do is you got to stop making comparisons. We've talked about that enough. <laughs> Get a Red Rider BB gun. Let it go. Number three, use envy as a stimulus for change. Use envy as a stimulus for change. You remember when I told you about my roommates in college and, and saw the, you know, all the exercise and all that stuff they did? Whatever it is, use it as a stimulus for change. Look at that and say, you know what? That's pretty cool. But I'm not going to, I don't want what they got. I'm glad they got what they have. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to go and I'm going to drive that truck or that car or that whatever. I guarantee you what you'll find out after you drive it a while it isn't really all that much hotter than what you had before. Everything gets old, and it usually happens pretty quick. It don't take long for the new to wear off, does it? Well, somebody will pull up to you at a stoplight, and you go, mm, boy, whoa, I didn't know they made those. <laughs> I didn't know the, the model I had could come with that right there. So, Number four, reaffirm your uniqueness and choices. Reaffirm your uniqueness. What we have to do is we have to be thankful for the way God made us. There are things that are unique about each and every one of us. And just affirm that. I have a unique trait. And I, some of you have heard me say this before. But it's something that my dad has and it's something that my, my grandfather has. But there's a little bump right here on my ear. It just kind of does that. And, and our ears, the Stovall men, our ears don't like, they don't, my brothers do. I don't know what happened, but mine don't roll in, you know. But I guess it's in case I run out of paper, I can write right there on the, you know. 
Kirsten, I'm out of note paper. Write, write what he said down on my ear. But um, reaffirm your uniqueness. And man, I will tell you what, now when I was a kid, I, it, that drove me crazy. I was like, mm, little, you know. And when they're this big and you try to grow hair over them, it's bad, man. It's like, you ain't hiding that with hair, bro. You know, it's there. So just reaffirm your uniqueness. Embrace it. Man, cut your hair short and just roll with it. <laughs> That's what I did. Stop hiding, number five, and start talking. Stop hiding. If you're dealing with envy, if you're envious of a friend or a relative, Man, just go and sit down with them and say, look, I know you're probably not even going to know what I'm talking about. This is just, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be maybe surprised, but I got some issues going on. They're probably going to look at you and go, yeah, I was feeling that, you know. It's kind of sensing that you were hating on me a little bit there, and I didn't know why. Talk it out. Start talking and, and, and open up and just and let God do what he wants to do there. Number six, celebrate the gifts and opportunities of others. Celebrate gifts and opportunities that other people have. Man, be happy. When somebody gets an opportunity to do something cool, or, or they get a promotion, or they, you know, they advance in their job, maybe you work with them and, and they, you, don't, you get looked over this time, but they get the position. Man, be excited for them. I'm proud of you. You worked hard rather than going, man, you don't deserve that. How in the world did that happen? Somebody was asleep at the wheel when that decision was made. You know, I mean, we think that. But celebrate. Celebrate those things that happen in people's lives. Listen to this, guys. In the kingdom of God, shared accomplishments are far more valuable than individual ones. Shared accomplishments. God's all about, man, let's all get together and let's do this thing for him. You know, that he, he tells us no man is an island. He doesn't want us doing this thing all by ourselves. Let's come together and let's move forward together and share these accomplishments. So you know what that means? Do you know what that looks like? That means that when you do something, when... Uh, I'm going to pick on Jason. He's back there holding his baby, and I'm not going to make you wake the baby up. But when, when the Royal Rangers have a win, when they, when they, and what does a win look like in Royal Rangers? Well, they come out on Wednesday night, and uh, a, a, a child comes there, a little boy comes there, and that night he gives his heart to Jesus. And the next week his daddy comes to church with him, who had never been. Hey, that's a win. And we celebrate it. Guess who else wins when he wins? We all do. When Angel Food has a, a family that comes and, 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 and they start getting these units of food and, and they don't have a church anywhere. They're just looking to save a little bit of money. And, and one of the team stands in the parking lot and they pray for somebody. And they lift them up and they just pat them on the back. And, and it's been six months since anybody told them, since anybody touched them or told them they cared about them. And because of that act of kindness, they say, you know what? Maybe this God thing, maybe there is something to it. And when you do that, see, that's a win. That's a win for angel food. Guess who else is a win for? It's a win for us as a church. 
You know, impact ministry, kids church, nursery. If Rhonda and Amy have a win, I got a win. If, if the choir, if Betty and Richard and Leanne and all these guys, if they have a win, that's a win for me. So I'm not, I'm not looking at them when we cheer and, and celebrate Barbara's great skit up here. Man, we all win. God's moved through them and used them in a powerful way. And it's a win for the kingdom, guys. we got to stop thinking so small. Number seven, find your contentment and significance in God. Find your contentment and significance in God. Look to Him to satisfy you. Again, Remember this, guys. Who do we have to thank just for being Him, right? We, we can thank God just for the fact that we're here. So everything else is gravy. If I never get that shiny toy, if I never have that particular thing that, that I, even as a child, I was like, man, I would always, I would love to have this, that, or the other. If that never happens in our life, guys, we're content. How God has blessed us and who he has created us to be. Each and every one of you have been created by God for a special purpose. Now guys, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. You've never asked him into your heart and into your life. He is here. That that picture of Moses, he's interceding for you. He's believing. And if you seek the face of God, you'll find him. He'll forgive you, and He'll love you, and He'll embrace you right where you are. If you're a seasoned Christian, and you're here today, and, and you've been listening to this, uh, this sermon series, let, let me tell you something now. This thing I'm preaching, I'm dealing with it, man. God's just pounding on me. You can't see the bruises, but they're there. He ain't beating it out of me, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm battling with this thing. Just like everybody else. But if you've listened to this and it's like, you know what, God, that is me. Don't walk out and hide. Stop hiding. Start talking. And you know where the talking starts? With Him. Get real with Him. Because He already knows. Okay? Let's pray. God, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the truth of Your Word. And thank You, God, that You promise us Your Word will not return void unto You. So change us, God. Make us who You want us to be. If there is one here today who needs to come back to You, God, or maybe for the first time says, I, I-, I need Jesus. I-, I need Him in my life. Then, God, I pray that this morning would be their morning. That they would say, yes, God, I'm going to follow You. I've, I, have, I have looked down on myself. I have looked in the mirror count thousands, if not millions of times. And looked and thought, I am not worth anything. And God, I ask you to forgive me of that. Because you created me wonderfully. And for that I am thankful. So I receive you today, God. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. And thank you for loving me, regardless of what I've done. Your love is not limited. It is boundless. And for that, we are thankful. And we receive it right now, in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, please come up and talk to me. There are going to be people here that would love to pray with you. Don't forget your gift this morning as well. And Miss Carol Nagy, one of our missionaries, she's been on the field. Where's Miss Carol? Is she here? I don't think she's in the worship auditorium. She's back home. Let's give her a big hand as well. God bless you. You are dismissed.